Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of the Holding Court Podcast. Today, I attempt to solve a mystery of a missing item. Justin gives his thoughts on a successful season in sports, and you'll find out what he recently introduced into the clubhouse, all coming up right now on Holding Court. We have a caper happening. Like the little food that you love to eat? What the little a, salty balls? The little yeah. No, a crime. Isn't a caper a crime? Or like a A caper I mean do uh, maybe burglars wear capes? But yeah, so it's like a caper. So we have a crime story, an investigative um, crime happening. We actually don't know if it happened in uh where were we at in Florida? Fort Myers. <laughs> Fort Myers. What was the proper name? Fort Meyer. It's Myers. But where was the where was the area? What are you talking about? It was Fort Myers, right? We're in Fort Myers. Where am I? What? <laughs> are you okay? Have you had your coffee this morning? Yet? I don't drink coffee. Uh oh, that's what it was. Because I knew that you mispronounced where we were living in Florida, but it was because you would say Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Okay. What? And then so everyone knows what I'm talking about. So I don't actually know the location of the crime if it was in Fort Myers or Boston. But my Bucky's hoodie, which if you follow me on social media, you know it is my prized possession. It's been featured in many of my reels and TikTok videos, and it meant so much to me because my sister and I drove out here, well, not here directly, but drove to Florida and stopped at our very first Bucky's, and we got the sweatshirts as a commemorative item for this first trip to Bucky's, and someone at this table at some point this year borrowed the Bucky's hoodie and I'm realizing I don't have it anymore and I'm not pointing fingers but I'm pointing fingers I don't know it's a sought after item I understand the demand is there Sizing is tricky. You can't buy Bucky's merchandise online, I actually found out. Because I'm thinking, I see these people walking out of there, like I said, with hundreds. A woman at the counter said thousands. She's ringing up thousands of dollars. And I realize it's because there's probably this black market for Bucky's items. But you can't buy it online. And so where's my hoodie, Justin? The and why lack, did you steal it? The lack of accountability <laughs> from you. I Just, don't lose things. That is, 100% I only lose jewelry. True. You're you're human, just like I all know. Of but us. I only lose jewelry, like tiny necklaces and stuff. I don't know <laughs> what happens. I don't know if they fall off, they break. I don't lose anything. Everything in my home has a place. Very organized. My life is completely together, and I would never lose something like that because it means so so much to me. Where's my hoodie, and why did you lose it or sell it to someone on the Black Bucky's market? <laughs> okay, so you think I sold it? I have no idea. Oh man, maybe you were. I mean, if I wore cash. if I wore your Bucky's hoodie somewhere, it would obviously have made it back home. I'm not like taking it off and leaving it somewhere. So every good caper has a theory, and I think you wore it to the field in Florida. Temperature rose a little bit, got a little warm outside. And you decided you didn't need to wear it home, left it in the clubhouse in Florida. Someone was like, oh my gosh, Bucky's, look at this discarded, unloved item that someone didn't bring home. And someone is out there with my hoodie. 
that's just not accurate because even if that were the case, it would have got packed up in my locker and sent up to Boston and the Bucky's hoodie would be would here. have been unpacked in, in my locker in Boston. So where do you think it is then? I honestly have no idea. I, I, I will admit to wearing it. I wore it one time. As someone that's never even been to Bucky's, so it's like you wore. A, it's almost like you rooting for USC. Yeah, but you. It's like you wore something like, that you're not can even we, a part of. Can we talk about how like I wanted you to wear it? Yeah, yeah. You're acting like I was like, I'm going to steal this sweater because you looked cute in it. It was good. Yeah, but you're making it sound like I was like sneakily stealing it <laughs> from you because it, it was like something I dreamed of my whole life, like. <laughs> I had never heard of Bucky's. I still have never been to Bucky's. You obviously talk very highly of it. A few of my teammates, when I mentioned it, mm. actually was like, "Oh yeah, Bucky's." Can Bucky's I have their is names insane. really quickly. Whit Whitlock was one of them. Okay, and has he? What size? Oh, are is you he? are you thinking Whit? I'm just taking notes. Um, I don't know. Maybe if someone had like Whit's like six five, so, okay, so I don't think he's fitting. I mean, he's not like. Just a bigger frame, like a tall Big, but man. he's like 6'5", so okay. I don't think... And I think he has... It sounds like he has a plethora of Bucky's. Oh, he does have a couple oh, items. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, Is anyone else looking at it maybe a little too long, a little gaze in, in your direction that day? Anything that could help lead us to find this criminal? You know, I... Everyone's a suspect there at was this a few, point. There was a few guys in the clubhouse that were like, oh yeah, Bucky's. Bucky's is shit. Okay. And I don't recall who all of them are. We don't need to incriminate anyone on the podcast. I'm not incriminating anyone, but I mean, sometimes, you know, you're just very quick to point the finger at everyone else. There's never any. I just, there's not a scenario. Maybe I misplaced it. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? It is good to have friends in all corners of the country because when I posted about the hoodie, I thought I would maybe get some tips as to where it was. Someone knew anything, but I actually had some people offer. I got some, I have a Bucky's plug. (laughs) So I actually, I, I just kind of engaged with the first person that offered. So Madeline in, I think McKinney, Texas. Oh, McKinney. I played there. I, well, it's beautiful. Then she's that maybe that was the connection, but she said, I, I work, you know, 10 minutes from there and I would be honored to replace your Bucky city. And I said, yeah, that one was special because my sister and I got matching ones, but that's so sweet of you. Oh my gosh. Can't believe it. And she said, my brother, brother Ryan, uh, they made the drive they said they had so much fun going and getting it. I had a bunch of other people offer, which was very, very sweet. And it's good to know that if the new merch drops and we're not in the area. They are expanding. I think there was one in Florida, but they're in Texas, um, all over the South, but I don't know what it I is. I think about. there's only a handful of them, right? No, there's a lot, but they're kind of in the same area. Like you'll uh, be driving okay. along. What is it? The 10, what's that road you're just 10, on for the rest of your life when you're 10. driving through Texas? Yeah. It's just billboard after billboard, but, uh, I didn't know they didn't sell their stuff online. I was thinking I could just pop online, but maybe that is why there's, so much excitement over it but well maybe the, you should reach out to them contact them and help them get online no i think that's like they don't like the demand would be not the same if you could just get everything bucky's online that's true because they do holiday shirts like when i was there they had easter shirts before they had shirts for mardi gras but the hoodie is back and 
they were so kind and they sent two. They did send two. So you can screw up in life and you too could be rewarded. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you Unbelievable. I'm so glad that <laughs> two were sent because now when hers gets lost, like I won't be the finger that gets pointed at. Like or the person that's Will you give me your Bucky's hoodie your if I lose at. mine? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Are you going to sharpie your name on the I am. Frank? <laughs> yeah, right on the bo- on, right behind the pocket. Just on uh, the stomach. Billy Madison style? Yeah. Like, oh no, this is actually Justin's Bucky City. That's right. Well, mystery not solved, but huge thanks to them for I think the irony in it. Big I think the irony in it in this whole thing is like you were so pumped on a road trip with your sister to get the sweater. And then she went on a road trip with a brother yeah, to go and get it and then sent it. She said the they had a blast. House. So like they were, they were thankful that they were able to do this for us, which is people are just very nice. I wonder if, if more people actually plan road trips to go to Bucky's because it sounds like a fantastic place. <laughs> You're going to get there and be like, this is a glorified gas station. (laughs) Well, I know what it, I know what it is, but like it has everything and people literally are like, oh yeah, Bucky's is shit. Well, when Mike and I were driving, because we did the drive in two segments, so LA to Florida and then Florida to Boston to come up here for the season, Mike and I stopped at one and we didn't realize that we, that one I think had just opened recently that we stopped at. Okay. And so it was still, it was like Black Friday in there. Which is wild, but it was, there was no sale going on or anything. So here's the real test. Yes, sir. Did they have the big red cinnamon flavored oversized gummy bears? I didn't check, but those are so good. Cinnamon bears. The cinnamon bears. Yeah. Those are so good. If you haven't tried those, they are phenomenal. I found them in Milwaukee at the public market. Yeah, They got crushed on the plane. You brought me a bag. Yeah. Did you eat them or you shared them? I shared. Did people, they loved them? Cinnamon's I, like a... For the most part, everyone yeah, enjoyed them. Yeah, because I feel like the cinnamon Mike and Ike's or cinnamon, what are they? I don't know, big red gum. It's either, it's like a love or hate kind of thing. I forgot what bottle of wine we were drinking. Oh, they pair well with a red or a Kike, white? Kike was like, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but my wine actually tastes so much better after I Oh my I gosh. That. Yeah. So I wonder if it was like a peppery, maybe like a, like a yeah. Pinot situation. Yeah. I, 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 because Kike, I, always, Kike always kind of gets the wine, so I don't remember what bottle it was. but Got that little spice. Yeah. You guys are a little wine drinkers this year. It's always interesting because you come to a new team. I don't know. I feel like Dodgers, you guys, well, you were like a lot of tequila guys. A lot of tequila guys. And here, it's just, it's wine, or is it a few guys kind of have their own thing? No, there's there's some whiskey guys. I love and, that. And some wine. And it's not a ton of beer, though. Um a lot of baseball teams like sit down and you see guys. Well, you just think crushing beer and peanuts right, and it's Cracker not, Jack and all I that. I don't think it's a heavy, at least on the plane. I mean, it might be different. Do you think it's if an they age go thing? Go to a bar or something. Like but. younger guys, beer, and then you kind of get into types of whiskey or tequila, and then wine is like when you you're refined. Because I feel like on in your earlier years with the Dodgers, the older guys were very serious about their wine yeah. and they would bring these cases. I just remember it's almost like the gear for a band they would have. Was it Joe Blanton? I don't yeah. want to like, throw him out there, but I mean, it's not a bad thing. He just 
had his stuff together. He had the traveling suitcase. And I feel like Josh was very into his wine. wine, And they would bring these cases on and special glasses. Mm -hmm. And they'd almost, I I saw some of them preparing cheese boards, apple slices. Blanton had charcuterie. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if the flight attendants were helping him chop or they had their own stuff prepared and they pulled out plates and they pulled out glasses. And I just remember that was like, Obviously, you were in the league for a few years at that point, but that was kind of the mark of the the vets on the team is they they had their stuff and they, they had it down and they knew what they liked. So they definitely weren't ordering the little mini bottles on the plane. They came prepared. Well, I mean, Joe Blanton was so into it. He actually, he opened a vineyard in Napa Valley. That seems so like a natural transition. I think he moved up there. Uh, I don't know the name of it. It's on Howl Mountain in Napa, but um, yeah. Him and his wife actually opened a, a vineyard. I just remember looking and being like, wow, that is classy shit right there. And then Dave, <laughs> Dave Doc Roberts has a vineyard. He yeah. has his own wine label, Red Stitch. So there's a lot of wine guys. But I, actually, funny story, and I'm not going to give any names on this. What? But <laughs> maybe I will. No, don't. Um, <laughs> a guy brought on a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. Actually, a couple bottles, uh, which is a very... High-end. High-end, premium expensive bottle and we had a guy on our team who came back into the card game we play cards and he had like a half a glass of something in his cup something is the key word here um and i i literally said hey man what are you drinking and he like looked at the cup looked at me and shrugged he goes i don't know rip something And I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? You're drinking like the best whiskey there and is. And he thought it was Rip Van Winkle? No, he didn't know what it was. I know, but like Rip Van Winkle. Is He's, like- he literally said, Rip something. And I was crying. I'm like, bro, you have like a, first of all, like you have like a half a cup of this, which is a heavy pour. You're like, I need and, your Venmo because I'm going to like, request. If you're chugging this stuff, you might want to know what it is because it's a, pretty good uh pretty good bottle feel this is probably like tacky but do you feel like when you give someone a nice bottle of wine or a nice bottle of whiskey like in this case do you feel like you not you just this is rhetorical almost do you feel like you should say how much that wine is like if you bring a bottle of wine to someone's house and you give it to them and they're thinking, oh, this is just a dark horse from Trader Joe's $12 bottle, whatever. Or you bring, like, do you say something like, oh, this is, that's a good bottle kind of thing? Or do you say, like, do you want them to know or does it matter? Well, like, if, obviously, in this case, you were almost, you weren't insulted, but you're like, this guy has no idea that he's drinking this expensive ass no, it's whiskey. Just funny, yeah. Obviously, um, you're not. I mean, you didn't pay for it, though, right? So you don't care. No, but I think, okay, so as... <laughs> okay, I'm looking up this whiskey, and it's saying, like, there's, like, thousand, several thousand dollar bottles. Yes. But what's the, like, base price of, like, the classic Pappy? Like, just your one year, not no, even aged. Like, it's expensive. <laughs> there's not but a the, cheap the bottle. The cheapest one on here is literally $2,000. Correct. And it's in part of like a bidding thing. So I think that's going to go up. Okay. So, th- okay. So this guy's just like downing his, what he thinks is a Rip Van Winkle. Rip something. 
<laughs> I would have yanked that glass out of his hand and given him some no, wild turkey. No. Uh, and we actually still, uh, it's actually our, our handshake before every game now. We like two fives and then rip something is <laughs> was what we say before rip every something. game. Are you um, tell me okay, so let me, let me circle back. Okay. Nice bottle. As the recipient of a bottle of alcohol, if I don't know what it is, which... Like, I'm not a super wino, like, not familiar with a bunch of wines. I like to drink wine, like the taste of wine, but I'm not, like, super dialed into it. Yeah. I don't think it should be frowned upon if I were to look up that bottle just to see exactly what it is, what year it is, all that. Well, when to drink it, too, when which to is another thing it, that I like, really never put any thought into. But you'll go to a winery like I did my birthday in Napa this year and oh, you'll want to drink that sooner. You'll want to wait two years. But right. I do you ever really, I don't know. I mean, yes. people Or to see the wine. rating on the wine or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's not like a, I don't think it's doing it out of like bouginess. Like, oh, how much did this person spend on this bottle of wine? It's just, I want to know what it is and what I'm drinking. So as a recipient, I think that's fine. I mean, now different, like if I received like a, a bag or a, jewelry or something i'm not gonna go look so it i <laughs> have friends that they would have a guy get them a purse and they would go i won't sell anyone out you they know would, who i'm talking about they would google it they would google and, and see they what the would price was. say oh my gosh can you believe this guy bought me yeah this bag for x amount of dollars yeah and she's just you just i don't know i think that's different than alcohol is what i'm saying yeah, I guess. But yeah, if you go to someone's housewarming and you bring them a nice bottle, is it okay to say, that's a really nice one? Like, put that away for a special night? You don't want to say, I dropped $300 in that bottle of wine, but well, you want to say, okay, that's for- a good one. You should, because a lot of times when you bring wine, I've noticed people will say, oh, let's open up the wine that you brought. Right. And sometimes I'll say, oh, no, that's for you guys. But it's not, a, it's not like saying I'm bringing these crazy wine over. Sometimes we have a bottle here and we're going somewhere and I don't like to show up anywhere without something. So I'll just grab what we have and bring it over. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, oh no, save that for you guys. It's for like for you guys to enjoy. Well, like for example, Kike just hit his hundredth homer of his career. And so his wife went and I think you guys actually talked about it, but got him a really nice bottle of wine. And when he came home, you know, gave him the bottle of wine as a gift and said, let's open it and drink it. And Kike saw the bottle of wine and I'm I don't know if he was familiar with it or not, but I guarantee you he looked it up to see the rating on it <laughs> okay. and the score because he probably was like, oh, let's see like how Mariana did on Or how buying we should pair this maybe wine, with a cinnamon yeah. bear. Okay. And when, I don't know if he already knew or if it was because he looked it up, but he was like, we are not opening this bottle of wine. But do you drink it eventually? Because it's know. something like, I don't know, like what, when, when would be the moment? Because it's different if, oh, you make your debut and you right. get a bottle of wine and then you say, oh, when I retire or if we win the World Series or this happens, I'll enjoy this bottle. But when it's something like a milestone like that, you drink it at 200 homers maybe or right. you just keep and it on the, the shelf forever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But now then, they have that thing. Well, I got it for you a couple of years ago, the Coravine. Yep. Where you can. He has that. You can draw out just one glass and it uses a like a pinhole. And what's the little cartridge? It reminds me of the little. The CO2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was thinking of a paintball gun where you have the CO2 yeah. in it. and it using that, it just draws out a single, a lot of restaurants will have it if you order like a nice glass. Because a lot of times if you do the single glass at a restaurant, it's not going to be anything higher end because they would have you open a bottle. And so this lets you draw out the single glass, but he didn't want to do just a single glass. No, no. And Kike has that too. And his wine game is strong. Let me tell you, he ordered, he's got like this leather case that he brings on the road Okay. that he can have a couple bottles in and a wine glass, not out of a red solo cup. And then he also has his Corvine. He has his Corvine. He also <laughs> has his corkscrew. And then he also bought this like filter to. Oh, like the pour over. The, yeah. Like and the it, it helps like, because wine you're supposed to, no, it just helps it breathe. Like wine. Oh, it's you're like supposed, a decanter. It's a decanter. Yeah. But it's, it's just like a little funnel. Mm-hmm. And you pour the wine through the funnel and it like spins it. And then it basically is like decanting it for 15 or 20 minutes, but you can pour the wine instantly. So Kike's got it all dialed in. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I didn't know. So, I mean, obviously we haven't played together for a couple of years, but I, I don't even think he drank at all with the Dodgers. And yeah. now he's like such a wino. I'm like, oh my gosh. Just like he's just growing up. Like you, obvi- you obviously have a child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think after you have kids, you have to have something. Yeah, right? I know that's like a wine mom thing. Is it yeah. group, like a, unofficial group yeah. wine moms where they kid goes to sleep and then <laughs> bust the wine out so i get it i understand oh man but it's fun to see kind of the different things on a new team because you kind of just come into a world that's already set up when you're new right and i remember asking you one of the first days if anyone does the crossword here because that was such a big part of your pregame. So part of our morning every day, we do it with the LA Times and then you go to the field and you would do it on the plane. Alex, um, your clubhouse manager, manager. I don't know why manager felt like a weird word, but clubhouse manager would print it out for you guys, have the pens, very clutch, very fun when I would travel with you guys for playoffs to be able to join in. But you said no one does the crossword here. That's not true anymore. And I said you have to change the culture of this clubhouse it's not true anymore um so i've been having them print out la times and uh usa today's in the clubhouse uh if anyone's wondering why i don't do the boston globe it's because court and i do it every morning during breakfast we are new subscribers to the paper that was one (laughs) of the first orders of business here was get the local paper support your local journalism don't be sad one day when there's no papers in the world so subscribe support it so yeah so i have the (laughs) i have um tommy our clubhouse guy in in uh boston he prints out usa today's and la times and they're on the table and uh there's a handful of guys that are doing them now every day and there's guys that are sitting down and trying them that are like i'm not good at these but i'm gonna sit down and try which is cool because like i like to sit down with them and like because the whole thing about crosswords is understanding what the clue means. Yeah, and they're, they're very clever. clever. And sometimes they're not actually asking what you think they're asking. Mm-hmm. So once you can understand like what the clue actually means, it makes the crossword a lot easier. So like today we had a clue that was what? Not so flavorful wine. Right. And instead of like Sauvignon Blanc, it was Sauvignon Bland. So right. it's, it was kind of a, there's sometimes there's like a play on words. Right. It'll or be a play a, on a letter. Yeah. One if there's letter. a 
question mark at the end of the phrase. A lot of times that's your clue that it's going to be something a little different. Uh, and what was the other thing? Oh, thankful for new technology or something. And it was God bless the USB. Sorry yeah. if you haven't done today's Boston Globe. I'm really just spoiling this. Well, there's two of the long ones for you. Yeah. But, and so I think if you first start doing crosswords and you look at it in a literal sense, you'll be kind of off on it. But so it's kind of fun for you to sit down with the guys and explain different things and kind of help them out and do the clues. Well, actually yesterday I got a late start because I had a couple meetings. So I, I usually go in and, and do it right away while I'm eating lunch or whatever. Uh, but I got a late start on it. I went to grab the USA Today and the LA Times and the USA Today actually were all gone. So I want to say they print out like five or six of each. And that means five or six of them went out and guys were like doing the crosswords. So I'm kind of pumped. That. I think, well, who you, I know you like doing it with Mitch on the Dodgers. Mitch White, Will Smith. Um, yeah, there was a few guys over there that yeah. were into them every single day. Do you think it'll ever happen on the plane? Are you guys? Mm, I'm playing cards now, so. I didn't really play cards. You didn't. You never LA. did. You're just so, I mean, you get a chance. It's really like you're, I said it a million times, but it's like you're changing schools and you can yeah. kind of fall into not a new identity, but you can kind of jump into whatever group and you kind of find like your little spots. Also, well, we don't travel at all with you guys. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a couple, couple things. Like one, I used to play cards in LA when it was like, dealer calls the game so we played all different games and stuff and then it went strictly to hold them which, which not a big hold them guy not a big hold them guy like the patience is just not there for me um so i stopped playing there and then here we have a different plane we have like the captain seats planes with like tables on them so oh, it's way so cool. easier and way more comfortable to play cards like there i was like sitting on five seat cushions like looking over the back of a seat like trying to so is it set yeah. up are the chairs facing backwards yeah or their chairs are removed and there's a table put in I'm trying to is it like almost like a train uh it, it's like a train okay. so there's two chairs facing backwards two chairs facing forwards a big table and then on the other side there's two more chairs so we only have five guys that play but la it would be there was just this big board right, that, that people would travel <laughs> with and they would kind of set it on top of the tops of chairs. And right. then it was just kind of like one leg folded on the chair, kind of leaning over, hanging out. It was very crowded. Yeah. Obviously a big thing on wives traveling with the team is like uh, the guys are in the back playing cards. So we would always be up front. Right. I remember seeing that board getting brought on the plane. It's always a mystery in the back of the plane. You never know what's happening back there. It's just a wild card game. But I remember seeing that board and I'm just thinking, I don't, I won't like being, I mean, I play my blackjack and I like to sit in my spot, like to have everything set out in front of me. That seemed a little chaotic. Did Turbulence ever send that thing going or jostle the chips or anything like that? Yeah, so taking off and landing was always tough because yeah. the cards and everything would everyone grab your I guess there's drink, no grab there your chips? cards. Uh, no cash game. Okay, so there's no like chips or anything. No. Oh, that's I fair. think we tried chips in LA and it just yeah, not it was hard. Yeah. yeah, but still, like everything having to get it in place seems yeah. pretty wild. But so now on our plane, the big thing other than that is the speaker. You know, we got those big um bump boxes oh yeah that, your little gift the team. so we bring bring that on and then you know 
guys taking turns like DJing and so is it rookies music. bring on the stuff still or clubbies or what is it? You know, I I don't like ever make someone carry anything. That used to be a thing. I feel like when yeah. rookies would carry the whatever. But these guys are good, man. Like I literally, I was carrying the bump box to the plane or to the bus the other day. And I think Bayo came up and was like, Hey, Hey, hey. like, let me carry that. And Respect like, your elders. I mean, and no. I was like, Oh, thanks man. That's, that's yeah, cool of you. No, but I'm not like nice. going like, Hey rookie, grab this shit and take it to the plane. Like well, you that's, can't anymore. Uh, you can't do any sort of, rookie. I mean, I feel like it probably still happens, but I just, I don't, it's I've never just loved like that. A, earn, like, Oh, everyone always says kind of like earning your spots and like coming up and kind of showing respect to older guys. I think that's just like a natural thing. I oh, I mean, I would always offer to help though, even if I'm in a senior position, but that's right. nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. We got a good group. We got a good group of guys. Yeah. Hopefully the crossword life continues and yeah, I think it's a good, especially rain delays that you guys, well, you guys actually haven't should knock on wood but yeah as it, it just started raining right now <laughs> as i said the word rain but things like that when you guys have like longer delays or anything it's fun to play cards and well by the time the rain delays come you know hopefully the crossword's are already done <laughs> to pull out what's another new york times or something uh, the times is impossible it is we always try it though but, but it's, it's really hard guys are on the usa today and hopefully we can get them over to the LA times, which is a little more challenging. Yeah. Well, you had kind of a fun team night the other night that I opted out of. Um, uh, when you fun, <laughs> fun. So uh, we ended up going to opening night for the Red Sox. We ended up getting invited to go to the Bruins game, Yep, which was fun sitting right down on the glass and getting to experience TD garden and different side of Boston sports fans and very intense, very exciting. They won that game. And then Bruins went on to have the most wins, I think, in NHL history, right? In the regular season, yeah. Crazy, historic season. And then you guys, it lined up where you guys could go to a game. Yeah, it worked out perfect. So Sunday we had a day game. And then um, the Bruins had game seven against florida and uh reached out to the red sox because was interested in going and they ended up having a bunch of people interested going so they worked out a suite for us to go to i think we had like 18 guys oh that's cool go to the game and sit up there take it in wasn't a great start they got down two nothing early they came back and tied it up then took the lead in the third and everyone was going nuts the atmosphere was crazy and then i feel like it was like i don't know 50 seconds left uh florida yeah, scored I think it was to honestly tie 54 it up seconds. and man it was like a gut punch and then the place almost went quiet like yeah crap brutal. like what just happened you're just stunned. It, yeah. And then it went into overtime and it just, the, I don't know, the puck didn't bounce their way, I guess, yeah. at all in overtime. I, I feel like Florida just, you know, had possession the entire time yeah. and, you know, scored and won and ended the historic season. And it's funny because, I, oh, it's not funny at all, actually. It's 
crazy. It's crazy because it was like a familiar thing for me, right? Like we last year had the season that we had with LA and then right. lost in the first round, like we and we weren't supposed to. And so sitting there and watching them kind of, you know, shake hands, go through the line. Which that is, can we pause and talk about the handshake line? Because I've watched hockey forever. Obviously, I worked, I was a Kings girl for the LA Kings. Saw this whole thing, saw them go through playoffs, everything. I don't ever, it stood out to me for whatever reason during these playoffs, the handshake line. And I'm just a poor sport in general. Even when we do it in softball, I'm not happy. And... That is such a, I know it's tradition and it's so important, but that just has to be one of the hardest things to walk through that line when you're not on the winning side. Yeah. Just think about the emotions of just joy and elation going one direction and then just the sadness and emptiness. We almost, if you're the pumped up, the side that just won, you almost out of respect, just bring it. I feel like you bring it down and you're obviously not going through like, yeah, you know, doing these big high fives. It's kind of like you have to kind of pull it down and then go through and obviously congratulate and empathize with their situation being on the other side. I think it is cool. I just think if it's cool if you're on the right side of it, but if you're on the wrong side of it, I would struggle with that a lot. And I know it's, it's been in a lot of sports. It's not in baseball obviously no. like you just walk off the field and guys <laughs> will sit in the dugout and watch everyone celebrate or they go in the tunnel, whatever. Well, apparently it is in high school baseball. Cause there was a video clip going around from oh my, my high school where the number yeah. of people that sent me that clip, yeah. Justin seen this and yeah, made for high school. Yes, he has. And um, that was an example of the team that won not bringing it down. Cause the kid walked through the line with a broom. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to reserve my opinions on this show about that. But We'll, we'll collect our <laughs> thoughts on that. But yeah, so seeing them go down the line, obviously. Shake hands, which like you said, isn't something we do. But then, you know, Florida all left the ice and the Bruins all kind of stayed out. Thank the fans. And then to see them kind of one by one head off the ice and they were all, you know, hugging Bergeron, who's the captain and his going into free agency Mm -hmm. could be his last year with Boston and just like watching that, like, I mean, it kind of re brought up some emotions from last year that were like, man, this isn't how it was supposed to end. Like we were the best team by far and you get knocked out in the first round and you feel like you just let the entire world down. Right. So, um, that expectation. Right. And we've talked about that in the last couple of days and going into playoffs with, I mean, and you hear kind of people just even chatting with people at games and friends that are into hockey saying, oh, they broke the record, best team, but, right. you know, could all change or, oh, this, you know, you have that kind of, because it has happened to so many teams where it's like this expectation is just through the roof. And then it's like, but will that translate into the playoffs and playoffs are such a crapshoot, and it's wild. And I think that expectation is the worst thing for playoffs. I think the teams that just go in where they almost think, Oh, we, you know, kind of slipped in here or maybe we're not the best team or like who gets hot at the right time. And there's just so many variables. I think, 
I want to say basketball is probably the most predictable when it comes to playoffs. Because I, I think not that there's like less variables, but I feel like there's more control over the situation. Like think about baseball and like the classic example of like you could be the best in the game, but you're only succeeding like three out of 10 times. And then when are those hits going to come? Are they going to be in the clutch? Are they going to be when no one's on base or is pitching like going to be hot that night? Are they going to be able to pick up on something? Like there's so many things, even if you're playing at your best and like putting that all together. And I feel like hockey, it is so wild too. It's obviously like very skill-based talent-based, but it is, it's just like, will the puck find the net? And then you have the goalie on the other side, like in terms of defending that. So are they going to be anticipating these shots is, is, it's just how does the line work together? It's there's so many different things, and I think that's why I kind of like pulled away from hockey a lot. <laughs> like I told you the other day, it gives me insane anxiety it, because it just becomes and it happened. I mean, obviously, Game Seven goes into overtime, and next score wins the series and moves on, and there's just the most frantic, chaotic energy, and you almost want to just say like slow down, slow the game down, like set up your shot, but it is just an all out battle for this. And it is, I don't know. You think it's fun to watch, but it is where did you feel like, was your stomach turning watching this game? Uh, I was locked in. I mean, I, it was, it was intense. And I think I mentioned it actually. I, I was sitting next to Christian Arroyo and I was like, man, playing in these games is so much better than watching them. Just because when you're playing, like you feel like you have, a sense of control right and when you're sitting in the stands and watching you know that you there's nothing you can do just whatever happens is going to happen and i was literally telling them like man i'm like this is what the girls go through like every game <laughs> for us okay. you know what i mean like no it's wild. just that like completely out of your control like hoping for the best outcome and you know like nothing you can do if you don't get it I go through so many things and it's come up in therapy a million times of that feeling when you're playing and whether you're doing well or you're struggling and kind of hanging on every single roller coaster up and down with you and in playoffs and going back and forth of letting myself feel all of that and feel like I have no control, but I'm so excited or I feel sick and this whole up and down or tell myself I have no control. Don't get super. I mean, it's impossible to say don't get super invested in the situation, but that I really have no control. So I shouldn't feel that. I don't know, not like bad about the situation, but it is wild because being on this side, like I have no say on what happens and like you can only do what you can do on the team and other guys can do. And it's just a matter of if that all works together and works out. So it's that weird, helpless feeling and anxious but that's also kind of what makes sports amazing and exciting and keeps fans in it and keeps everyone interested so I don't know I can't say that I don't that I don't want it to be like that because if someone said oh I could tell you exactly what's going to happen this season and how many wins will happen and everyone's stats and who's going to win at the end of the season would I read that right like would you want to read it no that takes all the, that takes everything out of it. You wouldn't even like peek a little bit and see like your stats or something. No, if, when I'm done, <laughs> when I'm done playing, if I'm a betting man, I would love to see it. But you know, no, the you little back, back to the future piece, a little Biff. I know. Action. Yeah, no, it's, um, 
yeah, you wouldn't want to know the ending, but I think it's just all part of it. But yeah, it's definitely game seven is the best worst thing in baseball. I've actually said, I don't know if this is like good or a bad thing to say, but I feel like when you were playing with the Dodgers every single year, the expectation was so high. You guys made the playoffs every single year you were there. And I feel like, I don't even know how Vegas does this shit, but beginning of the season, they're like, Oh, the Dodgers are the pick to win the world series every single year. And so you almost go to every single game and you just think the Dodgers are going to win tonight. And if you guys didn't win, it was like you said, like gut punch or shocked. Or like, Wait, they're supposed to win. And then I feel like you go into this season and if you read all of the BS and stuff out there, I mean, a lot of people are like, we have no <coughs> idea how this season's going to go or, you know, this team isn't good and this is going to be a rough season. And I feel like just saying, going to be there. I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to cheer loud for this team. Going to soak it up every single year. Appreciate it. It's been so different with your team winning and almost, I don't know if like saying exceeding expectations, but kind of right. You know? Yeah. Like this year and just kind of taking every game by game. I think it's been a lot of freaking fun because it's, you don't think every single night it's this almost guaranteed win situation, right? It's like you're earning it, all these crazy comeback wins and these walk-offs. And it's been really fun as a fan to watch it. I'm sure it's been a lot of fun to be a part of it. But I think it's just different because you almost get spoiled in a situation where it's there's that expectation every yeah. single year. And then it's you'd go into it and the expectation is to not win. Well, it's lose, lose. <laughs> it's lose, lose, right? Because if you win, you're expected to win. So it doesn't, it kind of it loses its luster, which yeah. is kind of messed up to say. And I've said that to someone this week and I was like, it kind of, like it wasn't that it stopped being fun. You just almost lose that appreciation and that excitement. It's like, Oh, another win. Okay, cool. And right. I think and it's then, just a different feel this year of, and it's not, it's nothing against like either team. It's not to like upset Dodger fans or any, I mean, it's actually like saying a lot for the organization that it was always, you know, winning, winning, winning. And obviously Boston is a huge, I mean, it's city of, what is it? Title town. What's the nickname here? <laughs> but <laughs> it's obviously there's that, that expectation of winning and there's been so many championships here. I've been on the other side for one of them, but I, yeah, it's just, it, it's not, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird to explain it. Cause I don't want to say unexpected, but it's just, you kind of, it just feels different. It's, it's cool. It's been really, it's been really, really fun to be in the stands by myself, like Steve Bartman watching the game. Yeah. I just think <laughs> there was so much negativity around the Red Sox this off season and everything that said, and it's one month in the season. So, I mean, obviously we're playing great baseball and a lot of guys are doing a lot of good things and it's completely going against the narrative that was surrounding the team all off season. Yeah. We didn't do enough. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but it is a long season and, and, you know, we have to continue to get better every day. We got to continue to, you know, put in the work and, and play the game the right way. And, um, you know, it is a different, it is different playing every night without those expectations that, 
oh, you have to win. And if you don't, it's a failure. And I was going to read, it's actually interesting, this quote from Giannis because from the Bucks, they got eliminated in the first round by Miami. They were supposed to win. And you actually mentioned that basketball is the most predictable. Like this was like a yeah, crazy, true. like this wasn't supposed to happen, right? And it, it almost never happens in basketball. But he said, it's not a failure. It's steps towards success. There's always steps to it. Michael Jordan played 15 years and he only won six championships. Were the other nine years a failure? And I thought it was just an interesting quote because it is such a crapshoot in the postseason. And it is the hottest team and you do have to do a lot of things the right way and you do have to catch a lot of breaks. And I mean, trust me from playing in LA and making the postseason nine years and we won one championship. Um, it is the craziest, craziest little tournament <laughs> ever. Right. And you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and I, I totally get honest's point, like, and it totally makes sense. You, it's a step towards success. It's a step towards getting better. It's a step towards learning what you need to do in the postseason or how to respond or, or, or what to do differently. Um, I just don't know if, I don't know if the fan base would really like take that, you know what I mean? And I, I don't feel like Dodger fans like really took it last year. It was like, it was, a. I think everyone thought that was a failure. No, I think that interview, if you haven't seen it, it's been on social media, but it was his, like the post-game exit interview. <clears throat> and I think it showed that, like the human side of it. Right. And I think it really allowed a lot of people to take that step back. Because obviously everyone's hurt, but I think that there's sometimes this myth that players aren't as affected. And it's like, I talked about it last year when I did my very strange solo episode <laughs> up to the end of the season. Of like, oh, just like, okay, now you get to go on vacation. Like, it's done. Like, you wash your hands of it. And it's, I can say in our house that that's definitely not the case. And I think we've talked about it, that those losses and like game seven loss, like you will think about that for the rest of your life. It's not going to go away. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I think seeing that interview and seeing him not like beat himself up over it, but almost like not hang his head on it and just say, you know, obviously every team wants to win especially when the expectation is so high. And so when you come up short and people say, oh, do you think it's a failure? It's like, no, we obviously you want to win and everyone wants to win, but we're just trying to get better. We're trying to wrap our heads around this. You know, we, you know, the goal is obviously still the same, but, and then you bring up Michael Jordan and it's like the greatest of all time. Don't at me guys. Cause he is the best, <laughs> but, uh, and then you think, oh my gosh, what a career and what a run the Bulls went on. But like, obviously Jordan didn't win every year. Right. We don't think about that. So, cause there was like, I guess the volume of championships or his level of playing, but whatever. So I think it did bring in kind of that human side from a player where people can understand and empathize like, oh wow, the guys that were in the game actually feel the same way that we feel too. Right. <laughs> and they're down and they're heartbroken and. But yeah, expectation, it's just, it's wild. And there's so many rankings now. I mean, there's already, MLB already starts doing power rankings and people already start pulling up playoff pictures and there's already talks of getting in the wild card and division leaders. It's May, it's right. the first week of May and it's wild, but people 
want so much data and stats and rankings and all this stuff so early now and so much is available that it does cause you to kind of jump ahead. Yeah. And I'll say this one last thing before we probably wrap up. When it comes to success and failure and seasons and personal, I'm a big believer in the process and how you go about it and how you get to where you're at. And for Giannis or Jordan or me or anyone who, uh, the Bruins, Bergeron, these guys, they put in an entire year's work of grinding, busting their butts, doing all the things the right way, putting themselves in a position to be the greatest team ever in the NHL in the Bruins case and the best team, whatever for the Bucks and, you know, the Dodgers last year, best team in MLB and set a Dodger record. We did all that work to put us there. But when you get to the playoffs and you are continuing to go through that process, just this game these games, these sports, there's just some things that are out of your control. You can only can do what you can do. You can only put yourself in the best position to succeed. And if it doesn't work out, you don't get the result that you want. Like it's hard to say that you failed because you just put in eight, nine, 10 months of work to get to this point and for it to you know, the headline that always comes up on for a game seven, it all comes down to this one game. Yes. Like that to me, after this whole off season, spring training, 162 games, blah, 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 blah. And it all comes down to one game. I mean, yes, it does. Right. You win, you're a hero, you lose your, you know, you go home, you tuck your tail between your legs and you, and you go home. Yeah. But like to, for people to say that's a failure after all the work and time and preparation and grind of a season that you went through and you put yourself in that position, that's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Mic drop. Yeah. I agree. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. (laughs) Let that resonate. (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. A friendly reminder to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And as always, leave ratings and reviews. And now on Spotify, you can answer a little question after every episode. So, are you going to post a question? Yeah. There's one every week. So far, the one that auto populates is what did you think of this episode? But I need to, I'll add in some that are pertain to the episode maybe i'll drop a mystery word in the podcast and ask people what the mystery word was Ooh, do they win a prize like <laughs> what? i don't know we can go wild but can we get some stickers or something <laughs> i know oh my gosh the we stickers. need brian to send some more stickers yeah absolutely well thanks for listening and we will talk to you all next week see ya bye boom Bum, 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 bum.